0: Well hello and welcome to another edition of the E-commerce Evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today, we get to hear a founder's story. We get to see behind the scenes of a really rapidly growing e-commerce brand, a brand that I'm really excited about that I am a customer of, and so I can't wait to dive in and let you hear the origin story of this brand and also what they're doing now and how they're growing and and excelling. And I think there's going to be lots here for you to learn from. And I think it'll be a lot of fun as well. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce Resources. That's right. Here at OMG Commerce, we want to help make sure you're educated and in the know to capitalize on the latest tips tricks and strategies to help you grow your e-commerce business. So if you go to omgcommerce.com and under resources click on guides, we have some cutting edge free information for you on things like how to dominate with Amazon DSP ads or how to use Amazon sponsor brand video ads and how to craft the perfect ad. We have several guides on how to capitalize on YouTube ads from creating the perfect ad to knowing when you're ready to scale. Plus, there's a newly updated Google Shopping Guide, plus more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com and click on Guides under Resources. And now, back to the show. Today, I am delighted to welcome to the show... The co-CEOs of a company called Dope, and that's spelled like dough, like uh, bread dough or cookie dough with a P on the end. So Dope, <laughs> co-CEOs is, and Kelsey, guys, how's it going? And, and thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Yeah, we're good. Thanks
0: for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah. So just a, a quick, and I want you to tell the full story, but but Dope is cookie dough, that you order online and eat. And I don't know if, if you're like me, uh, cookie dough is just as good, probably better than the actual cookies. I was telling you guys, that I made a mistake. I ordered, ordered some dope. Um, you have to be careful how you, you know, what, what audience you say that to, but I ordered some dope from you guys, from your website, uh, I tried <laughs> s'mores, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. It was like, it was like your, your sampler pack. It was like four Yeah, Cookie Monster,
1: something. Fairy Dust, yeah. Fa-
0: was- yes, all of those, Fairy Dust, Cookie Monster, and the s'mores was good. <laughs> And I made the fatal error of letting my kids know. Now, I can't remember if I told you Is, but I, I've got eight kids. <laughs> and so wow. I made the mistake of letting my kids know about the dope, and they totally dug in. It's fantastic. Uh, so, so kudos to you guys for, for that. Great to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's kind of uh, hear a bit of the origin story, and then we'll dig into lots of fun stuff related to the business. But how did dope come to be?
1: That's awesome. I love like origin story. I feel like I'm an X-Men. Like, what was my <laughs> origin story? Like, we're going to have a whole, I need a movie trailer that's like, and then she, you know, yeah, it's going to be awesome. When I,
0: when I tell that. my kids, I was talking to the founder and the co-CEOs of Dope. They're going to be like, what? You, you, you will feel like a superhero to them for sure.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So cool. Yeah. So um, origin story for Dope. So I'm the founder of Dope. Um, we are co-CEOs running it today, but I was by my lonesome uh, four years back. We just had our fourth birthday for Dope. Can and this crazy idea that people might like cookie dough as much as me. I had been working in tech for ten years. I uh, had not any experience at all in the food industry aside from working at Nestle Tollhouse, like cafe. You know, being a cookie cake decorator when I was fifteen,
2: nice.
1: jumped into corporate America with with my time at Intel and. Uh, really just like dove into that and had had lost a lot of um those like outside passions, the stress and anxiety of corporate life. I leaned on alcohol and ended up developing a really unhealthy relationship with it over those years and lost sight of all those other things that I loved in life. And so I got sober in 2015, which was like the best Congrats. decision ever. Thank you. Amazing. It is so cool. I really feel like I got a second lease on life and got this opportunity to like take it, you know, take the reins and see what do I really want to do? Like, is this what makes me the happiest? And in the discovery outside of work, you know, nights and weekends from my day job, what was I loving? And it was really being in the kitchen. I was baking like every day and bringing in stuff to the office. And So, just so the baking office.
0: was like therapy for you or just kind of, just kind of a hobby passion type thing.
1: Like meditative, you know, like oh, when I was,
0: still,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, it still is. Yeah. Like when I'm in the kitchen, like time flies by, I feel like. Mm, um,
0: beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's like if if I have an afternoon, if we get some afternoon free or something on a, a weekend, he'll play some guitar and I'll be in the kitchen taking something. So Dude,
0: that sounds like guitar. a really uh, now, now just just as a teaser, if anybody's listening only and not watching, I don't know if it's because you guys are based in San Francisco and I just all of a sudden got this vibe, but is you kind of have like a short-haired John Stamos. <laughs> and, and maybe it was the guitar. Uh-huh. You said guitar, I'm picturing you in a, in like a San Francisco kitchen. <laughs> And it's like, it's like Full House from my youth. I love something. it. I'll take it. Yes, I love
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> However, we moved from SF. Now we're based in Las Vegas. Oh, got it. Okay, still
0: cool.
1: I mean, he's like a Vegas Stamos. Yeah. He's like a Stamos, a Stamos impersonator on the script.
0: <laughs> it's the Stamos impersonator. Totally. Yeah. You can do it, man. You can totally do that on nights and weekends. I <laughs> well, appreciate it. Yeah.
2: Incredible.
1: <laughs> yes, we, uh, you know, so I was an SF when I started the company, these like nights and weekends baking and, and loving it and bringing stuff into the office. I had been moved down to San Francisco for a new job uh, inside Intel, and, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? I can't be a baker. There's, like, world-renowned pastry chefs in San Francisco. So I was just doing it for myself on the side still and and for friends and things. Um, but going to SF, I decided to try and be a vegan. But I was really terrible at it because I love butter <laughs> way too much. Yeah. So my recipes had butter, was butter. It was butter. It
0: wasn't so, so much I, meat. It was the butter that tripped you up.
1: Oh, I just couldn't let <laughs> it go. You know, nonsense, I was like, yeah. I didn't mind having all, like, the vegan vegan meats and this and that. But, man, when I was baking, I just... Butter is the good stuff. So I was using butter, but no eggs. So then these cookie recipes I made for a really long time were safe to eat raw. So I was like, not only, you know, the one spoonful I would have always had over the years. Now I was like, oh, I'll just like save half of it in a bowl for the week to eat some bites out of it and bake the other half into cookies. So that just clicked. I was like, this could be my thing. You know, I could, I could start a business. I could do this, you know, all those People at work and things that have been saying you should sell this, and kind of thought, well, entrepreneurship's a bit far fetched. Like, I'm just going to climb this corporate ladder, and that's what it is. But, you know, sobriety really gave me that energy and like focus to say, I could do this. Like, I could put myself towards it. So, 420, 2017, I took 100 pounds of cookie dough out to Dolores Park in San Francisco. And we sold out in like three hours, and I was like, all right. All
0: right, this is a business. Like this. this is a real business.
1: Yeah. How Fantastic. do we go? From here? Yeah.
0: So, so now, um, Kind of tell this part in whatever order makes sense, but we'd love to hear how you guys met because, you know, not only are you guys co-CEOs and you, and you look great together, but you're, you're married as well, right? So you're, so I'd love to hear how you met. And then did you go e-commerce after you guys started working together or or Kelsey, did
2: you go e-commerce first?
1: Yeah. Do you Uh, want
2: to tell the story yourself? It's way funnier when you tell it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yes I love we have like now we went from origin story like hardcore beginning to like romance novel of how we met well <laughs> we're diverging a little bit
0: so this past you guys have to write a book at some point is,
1: <laughs> e-commerce tips coming later love now okay yep, so yep. we were in San Francisco and i had you know really focused on brick and mortar in the beginning so it was like 6 months into the business that i got um an opportunity to open a store on pier 39 like famous tourist pier wow, in San yep. Francisco I'd gone there as a kid. So this idea that like, wow, I could have my own concept like on this famous pier, I'm all in. So I had done that, started to build up some staff. And so we had a co-working office. So we were in um, a co-working office called The Vault in downtown San Francisco. And so was this guy. And I was very busy running my company. So I just had this kind of running joke with the with you know my employees and Um, Staff and whatnot that like, there's this cute printer boy that sits near the printer. We're just going to joke like it's printer boy here (laughs) because he's sat near near the printer in the office. So he'd walk by and I'd pretend to faint or something if we're working in the common areas.
0: You look just like John Stamos. I said
1: that, right? (laughs) Yes, I thought he was so cute. But, um, you know, just when you're, and this is what they always say to to women in particular, because we're all excited about meeting the love of our life. And it's like, when you're not looking for them, you'll find them. Yeah, yeah. You know that's actually absolutely what happened. You know, when when you're so baking
0: cookie dough thing. and no one is watching, you will find the. Exactly. Actually, everybody was watching at that point. Um, what a cool story! So you're you're baking. You're running a company. You're managing employees. You got your dream location on Pier 39. And so, so who who? Uh, yeah, and we we, we got to get to e-commerce, but I just I want to know who made the first move here. Who who really do you guys do you guys remember? I assume you do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think.
0: I mean, yeah. It was him. So nice. <laughs> yeah, nice.
2: <laughs>
1: he said, "You know, we were eating lunch by chance uh, the same day in the co-working office, like co-shared lunch space." Yep. And he said, "You know, can I take you out to lunch tomorrow?" After we had kind of chatted while we were eating, and I was like, yeah. "Is this like a business thing? Like, does he want like dope to cater for their company or something?" I wanted like, to
2: keep the mystery going. You know? I was yeah. Like, yeah, dude, that's I'm not going to be, gonna be yeah. super clear here about my intentions. So yeah. let's let's go and see how it goes. Yeah. And so sure enough, it was great. But like a quick, it's really like good nice online story. marketing. You're trying to get the easy yes,
0: right? Get, just ask a simple question, just lunch, just lunch. And then we, you know, it's like a listen, you topic. don't
2: know until you ask. That's why <laughs> yeah. customer research, market research is so important. You don't know until you ask. Yes. So I ask. <laughs> so true. <laughs> good job is. Yeah. Oh, that's Thanks. awesome. Kudos to you. So yeah. yeah but awesome. it was really interesting because I was born and raised in Brazil. And I moved to the United States in 2017 after having an incredible career in civil engineering. I went to school for civil engineering and became a project manager for a construction firm. But I was just tired of Brazil. I wanted to raise a family somewhere else. And I decided, okay, I'm going to study at Berkeley. So I came here and studied at Berkeley for a year, got a job offer in SF, and that's where we met. So it was a really interesting, serendipitous moment for both yeah, of us.
1: Both of our yeah. lives like took us to SF right at that time. So
2: very cool. So so is you clearly have this organ, organizational,
0: operational skill set. Kelsey, you know, you're very creative and very passionate and you and you very make flowing. all this stuff. <laughs> so it yes. seems like a really uh, beautiful match there. So so kind t- yeah. of talk about what, what's the what's the day to day of dope look like now and, and how do you guys kind of work together?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that path you mentioned, so going from brick and mortar to e-commerce was absolutely prompted by is joining of the company, um, joining to the company. It was these skill sets that we saw in each other, naturally, as we were you know, in a relationship and then married, like the conversations were really awesome to say, like anything I had a question on that was ops or finance related, that was like totally his wheelhouse to jump in and help me. And those were the spots I feel weaker on. So it became really natural in like late 2019 to say, what do you think about like just... You know, coming on over and just joining this dope thing and seeing seeing what we could do together. You know, and put our eggs in this basket that we really thought we could create something great. So that organization mind, you know, he was able to say like, okay, we're doing catering and wholesale and the storefronts and a little e-commerce and it's like, what would you say? Yeah. 2020, it's gonna be the
2: 2020 is the year of focus. That's <laughs> yeah. what I said in November of 2019. Oh wow, yeah. uh, well, you, you didn't realize how right, right you would be. Yeah, Mm -hmm. one of the things I always do when I join an organization is to really understand where the resources are allocated, right? And so, as she was saying, she had a lot of resources allocated everywhere, which means you're spread too thin. You basically cannot serve everybody very well. So what we just did was a brainstorming analysis, considering ROI, barriers to entry, and other factors in each of the channels. And we decided, okay... 2020 is going to be the year of focused on having the brick and mortar locations operating, but we're focusing on e-commerce. E-commerce seems to have the greatest potential for growth and the least barriers to entry for us right now. And that's what we did. So November of 2019 was the decision and March of 2020 was when the pandemic really hit and we had no longer brick and mortar locations. So thankfully, we were super ready to go. And we grew from November of 2019 to March of 2020, 100x in sales on e-commerce. 100x. That's insane. 100x in sales online or 100x in e commerce online. Yeah, yeah that's
1: online it. only. Like for reference, in 2019, altogether, we did $50,000 online out of $1.2 million for the company. So as you can see, e commerce is yeah, like tiny, such a part of the company.
0: Yeah.
1: Exactly. Really like an afterthought. And then in 2020, $2.5 of $2.7 was e commerce. So $2.5 wow. $2. million uh, from 50 grand. So it was a wild roller coaster to, even be able to like sustain the fulfillment side of that and I'm sure you know e-commerce folks listening know the challenges that come from doing you know thirty boxes a month to three thousand boxes a week in the span of like four months
0: yeah and, and wow. your your product is not super simple to ship, right it does have a long shelf life but you still it's still food you have to protect it slightly differently and it's it shipped yeah. with, with ice, right? Dry ice was in the, the container, if I remember correctly. Ice packs, and,
1: ice packs yeah. yeah.
0: Ice packs, yeah, yeah. So so can you talk a little bit about that? Like, What, what was that process like of, of ramping up 100x your orders uh, online? Was that just a lot of sleepless nights for Is and,
2: and, <laughs> and a, a lot of baking? Literally pizza? a lot of sleepless nights because yeah. at the time we were using graveyard shifts with our staff to mix the dough and pack the orders of the following morning.
1: From our store staff, like in the physical yeah, yeah.
2: overnight. Yeah. So it was literally a lot of sleepless nights and it was a lot, I cannot say it was smooth. It was not smooth. It was a lot of learning, but I think we, one of the greatest strengths that we have as a company is to be really nimble and be really good at pivoting and learning and figuring it out as we go. And so from November until March, we were ready to ship all the three thousand orders a week. It wasn't easy, but we were ready to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What what were some of the what were some of the successful
0: pivots you guys had to make? And and obviously the the pivot from being mostly dependent on brick and mortar stores to being fully dependent on e-commerce was a was a major pivot that you were planning on doing anyway, but the pandemic certainly forced that to happen at a much more rapid pace. But but what other pivots did you guys make that, you know, looking back, you said, wow, this is really cool that we did that.
1: I mean, all the elements that came to fulfilling that, right? Or following through on the decisions from it. So, while we didn't expect to shut down the brick and mortar side, we thought we'd get, you know, e commerce would be a nice, sizable channel. Because of the pandemic and the slowed traffic after that, we made the decision to close down our final storefront in October of 2020. Um, and it's just those, you know, real cut and dry look at the numbers, like put the emotions aside and say, like, yeah. does this make sense to keep doing? Like, yes, I put my heart and soul in the storefront. I mean, it was so beautiful. We built it from the ground up, loved it but it's down 82% year over year. And, you know, it was just not going to make sense for us to, um, you know, stay there in the long run. We needed to not let that hurt what was working. So, um, yeah, I think... Other than that, it's been the partners that helped it come true, like learning who the right partners would be in fulfillment and who the right partners would be in marketing. Um, advertising it's such a hard game to get right. Um, we're still a marketing department of one. I'm trying to hire a director of marketing right now. So uh, we've really l- relied on agency support to you know kind of make everything come true.
0: That's awesome. So yeah, finding the right partners is, is key. and, and i want to I want to kind of dig into one thought there that you mentioned. And you kind of alluded to this in the beginning that hey that like that Pier Thirty Nine location that was your dream location right it was, it was iconic it's where you went as a kid or whatever and it, so it, it I think we have periods in time like that as entrepreneurs not always pandemic related but where we have to make a really logical choice to move away from something that we maybe have a lot of nostalgia or a lot of emotion wrapped up in that so what was that decision like and did did you guys kind of labor over that or was that was that just a clear cut easy decision.
1: I think it was like, you know, someone who's more removed from the emotion of it. It was quicker for him to say like, we should definitely close the store if we can. And I'm like, but maybe we could keep it. And like, what about if we were able to convert them into e-commerce customers and like, you know, use it as a marketing engine and, and and like, you know, there is all this other kind of dreamy lens we could have put on it, but it it was, it does take sort of having that checks and balances. You know, I think of if I was still a solo founder, no, no co-CEO by my side, like it would have been really difficult to make that call on my own. So I do I think and recommend to anybody else have a counterpart that can really tell it to you straight and bring the numbers to the table where it's it's hard to say otherwise. Yeah, yeah
0: that's awesome. Um, so I think one of the, the ways we learn best, right, is 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 seeing what other people got right and also learning from other people's mistakes. So let, let's start with what you get. What you guys get right from the beginning? Uh, what, what do you feel like you just right out of the gate you, you kind of nailed and that's helped you know propel you and keep the success going. I mean, the product, we can start with the product. Yeah. The product.
1: Yeah. I haven't changed the recipe in four years. So yeah. Wow. I haven't changed the
0: recipe in in four years. That's awesome. Now are you adding new flavors or did you kind of launch with all those amazing flavors?
1: Adding new flavors. So we've had the core four, like the one you got in the sampler pack. Those four have been around, you know, pretty much since day one. Um, and the, you know, the base of the recipe and how we make our dough, you know, from the start has not changed the whole time. So we do always come out with new seasonal stuff, like red velvet cupcake for Valentine's Day. And, you know, we're always kind of releasing new unique flavors that sometimes we can't pull down because customers are so upset when we sell out of them. They're like, bring it back. We did a nostalgic flavor in January from the 90s, did like a dunker inspired cookie dough. And
0: okay, like okay. when it
1: sells out, like tear the walls down. People are still so upset. They're like, when
0: is it coming <laughs> back? take away my Dunkaroos. How dare yeah, you? Know. Like, they're
1: very upset. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's been good. And I think the other strong thing that ties in with the products has been the brand, like really being so firm from very, very early days on like, why we exist, what we sound like, what we look like, you know, we want to talk to you like a friend. It's all about authenticity and our mission around mental health and addiction recovery. So it's, um, it's a commodity cookie dough, something you could make at your house, but we're really trying to wrap a, a bigger purpose around it. And like each purchase goes to support these issues. And, you know, there's just so much more to it. And I think that's really resonated with customers from the start.
0: Yeah, yeah, your brand is amazing. I mean, first of all, I love the name Dope. It, it's it's really mm-hmm. cool, and you know, just like you said on your home uh, homepage, you know, edible, bakeable, and ridiculously tasty, and it's just got this fun vibe, and uh, yeah, you you've just nailed the branding, and and as you read stuff on the site, and as you even I remember the 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 card that came in the, the the sampler pack was really relatable and fun and talked about, you know, the fact how, how long it would last and yeah. you know, how you can enjoy it. It was just, it was a really fun experience. Um, so enjoy. yeah, I would totally agree. Product, brand, nailed those.
2: Uh, it, it it kind of feel like, what's that? I mean, I was actually going to say another thing that was really <laughs> good from the start. Um, so my background as a civil engineer, I've always focused on numbers, right? I've always done financial analysis and production and operations analysis. And so unit economics was something in my DNA. So when we first started, instead of trying to ship one container of cookie we've always shipped kits of container. And so there's always this analysis of like, what does make sense to ship considering the cost of the shipping label and whatnot. So that strategy was right from the start. And I think most e-commerce brands do that strategy. They, they can't just ship a unit product Um, they have to make sense on the unit economics. Totally makes sense. And and so
0: you guys have always done packs. You've always done like four packs.
1: Yeah, four packs. used to be like six packs back in the day because we had these tiny jars before we moved to the situation we're in now. So, but yeah, always kind of like a kit. And, you know, it helps on most of the part of like a new person coming in, it helps to have decided for them, like, here's the best ones to try. And like, that's a good bestseller pack. But then the build your own pack is super popular. Like that's the most common, like second step in, you know, repurchasing. They're coming back to be able to customize theirs and say, okay, from that, I love these flavors. Like here's the ones I want to get and mixing and matching um, pints in a, two, three, or four-pack.
0: The Sampler pack did make it very easy because I didn't have to think about, okay, all these flavors sound amazing. It'll be great to try them. Yeah. Um, have you had many people say, hey, I just want to order one? Have you had pushback on the, 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 the uh, four-packs or has it always been fairly smooth?
1: Yeah, we get, we get that pretty frequently, like in support emails, you know, tickets or um, social media on comments on our ads, you know, saying like, oh, I just want to buy one or the comparison where they're like, oh, at the grocery store, I can get Nestle's for $3 or whatever. And it's like, yup.
0: (laughs) but is it homemade cookie dough? No, it's
1: not. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, (laughs) it, it does taste really not that great. So they tried to make like an edible one about two years after I had launched and, um, it's so different than their core product. It's like, it seems like they really couldn't get this step to like, just turn the taste of the regular Nestle into a safe to eat one. So it's very, very different. And, um, yeah, it is at a very low price. I mean, they're a massive, massive, you know, conglomerate out there. So they're always going to be able to beat us on price. But um, like I said, that's why it's so important to have such a strong focus with the brand and what our business is enabling to happen in the community around these issues. And um, that's just, that's a lot more than you can say for buying a pint of Nestle. So I think, you know, we looked at... And started offering the two pint pack. So shipping just two pints, which is, you know, uh, more approachable than requiring that you get four if you're going to do it. So right,
0: right. Um, yeah,
1: we've made some steps down. It's just, it seems like environmentally, like not smart to send one <laughs> even, you know, we're going to totally, have insulation yeah. one. Yeah, so it's yeah. just explaining that to the consumer. That's challenging for from- me. It, times yeah.
0: It is challenging because there's always people that, you know, don't don't want to think about the big picture and only want, you know, just to, to lower their cost, which is understandable. But but I think, you know, from your perspective, kudos to you guys for saying, "Hey, this is what makes the most sense economically speaking. This is how we need to do it." Uh and so we're but we're going to present it in a way that that's easy and fun and 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 get as many people as we can to take advantage of this. Knowing that there'll be some people that don't understand, but that, but that's okay. We'll we'll work through that. So yeah, awesome. Uh, so then, what about what about mistakes you've made? Because I, I know it's not always fun to talk about mistakes, but that's often how we learn the best. And learning from other people's hiccups uh, can can really be useful. So uh, learning moments. Yeah, you want
1: to talk about like the last spring, <laughs> last summer?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we were mentioning, we were growing super fast, right? hundred X in three four months. So we were desperately looking for a way to reduce our shipping costs because when you first start shipping, and I'm sure most of the, the listeners are going to agree with me here. When you first start shipping, you don't have enough volume to come to a carrier and say, Hey, I want a discount there. There's not enough track record to come and say I that. See. So you have to pay higher prices. And so you have to make sense on the unit economics. Like I said, So the way that we envisioned that happening was, okay, let's spread out our distribution. Let's have three major distribution centers across the country because our customer base is so spread out across the country. And so we did, but there's a lot of consequences to that. So for starters, you have to spread out your inventory. So there's a lot more cash tied up to inventory. And also you have to trust who you're moving with. Um, and so we just learned the hard way that you have to have one person managing everything and that person has to be in touch with all the boxes to make sure that everything goes according to plan. It's just so easy. There's just so many steps that can be lost uh, along the way and that just loses the entire e- customer experience along the way and we just don't deliver what we promise here. Um, and so that learning was... Okay, we need to centralize everything. Make sure that we know this person. We're close to this fulfillment center, and we know exactly what's being done. And it was incredible. So in uh, September last year, Mm -hmm. uh, we started with a fulfillment center here in Las Vegas, which is amazing because if anything happens, I can just literally drive there and see what's going on and and fix problems on the ground. That's awesome. Yeah. So.
0: You know, you identify a, a, an issue or an opportunity, hey, to, to improve customer experience, we need to, to distribute our our shipping, but that creates some some challenges uh, as well. Yeah. But it sounds like, like you kind too of... Too big, it, too
1: fast. Yeah. Like we spread out too wide where it was yeah. a little bit out of reach um, without knowing, you know, those warehouses closely enough. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And in September, we already had the track record to come to shipping carriers and say, hey, so here's what we have now. Here's how much we're shipping. And then we were able to centralize everything from here. Um, I think it was a really interesting learning experience that I would like to share. Please don't spread out your inventory too thin too early. Yeah, Yeah,
1: before you need to. Mm -hmm.
2: Especially with your Inventory because it's perishable, so
0: I would assume that that could have yeah. maybe led to some issues as, as well. So.
1: When we were, like, getting the inventory back from this sort of widespread ordeal, we literally had a dry truck and a frozen truck. One was supposed to get the boxes and insulation and everything that was supposed to get the cookie dough loaded backwards <laughs> at the warehouse. <laughs> they loaded it backwards and shipped it out from the East Coast with our cookie dough uh, in the middle of the summer in nice, the back of the cold boxes truck.
0: boxes and... Uh, not yes, cold cookie dough. Thank you. They're like
1: yeah. these boxes showing up cold doesn't seem like a good sign. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was wild time. So we went through some real, more like, you know, one of our first like expensive mistakes. You know, yeah. I made a lot of small things here and there over the years where it was like, Oh shoot, I wish I had done, you know, a different cart for my catering thing. or so, You know, it's just so, so small. And these really got into some serious times where you're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that can be, Jeopardy. Yeah,
0: which is super painful and, and and can be sometimes like mentally, emotionally crippling. But but sounds like you guys pivoted nicely from that. And and now you've got your warehouses in order and you've you've got your discounted shipping. And so you moved ahead. Obviously, you want to avoid stuff like that if you can, but we can never avoid all of it. So you just gotta learn yeah. from it and, and move forward, right?
2: And any other takeaways from that?
1: No, yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway from that experience.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not from this experience, but uh, another thing that I would like to share that... Helped in this experience and other experiences is contracts. Contracts are just the life of the business. Mm -hmm. And most entrepreneurs that I know don't like reading contracts. They think it's overwhelming, there's a lot of legal stuff. Yes, that's true. But at the same time, that's what's going to regulate the relationship you have with your vendors and clients. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pay attention to it and don't negotiate the material points for you, you're going to be in trouble in case anything goes wrong. And it may.
1: Yeah, and it's likely Uh, to. I think I had such glossy eyes at the world. I really thought like, oh no, these people seem great or I got like referred to work with them. And I really, before Iz joined, like I'm ashamed to say this because no one else should do this, but I didn't read a single contract that I signed probably in (laughs) those first, you know. Uh, three years of, of the business, um, before he jumped in, like even the Pier 39 lease, like I, I really don't even think I had a lawyer look over that lease. I was just like, if I need the space, this must be what I need to sign. And I signed onto a personal guarantee and, you know, all these things that now with his eyes looking at a contract would just never go. So, um, that ties in with like, a piece of a nugget of advice I would have too is like, don't wait too long to bring someone to the table at the same kind of stakes as you. Uh, It's really easy for founders to be hoarding, you know, and like just wanting the company for themselves and not bring on a co-founder and I created it so I can keep doing it alone. But I just, through the years, we couldn't find someone for what we were able to pay that had the experience and dedication that I really needed, and you know that caused some issues on on certain areas that he's really strong in now. So
0: yeah, yeah. I love that bringing on the the right strategic partner can make a huge difference. Yeah. And and you know, and I'm really glad you brought up contracts is, and I'm really glad you were transparent there, Kelsey, because mm-hmm. I I tend to. Now I understand, you know, we, we have 50 people on our team and, and lots of things going on. So we we pay close attention to everything. But uh, I tend to be more like you, Kelsey, where it's like, no, nah, man, we're just, we're, we're we're building stuff, we're growing, we're making deals, and it's all going to be fine in the end. And yeah. you can do some really stupid things if, if you uh, focus yeah. on that exclusively. Uh, so you've got to understand your contracts, because almost all contracts are negotiable, right? E- even that pure 39 contract, you, you could have negotiated that. Uh, I it all worked out. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Any, any other mistakes? I know it's kind of painful to talk mistakes, but any, any other uh, learning points that you want to highlight? That was, that was a great one, by the way.
1: Um, you know, we've, I think one, some of the agency decisions, when I think about advice I pass along for that is like, go with your gut. You know, we've had some times where we went with someone and I was like, huh, I'm like, morally opposed to this person as a human, but like they seem to have good performance, let's do it. And then it's like, that was an awful idea. So I think, you know, we've just been proven when you feel like, wow, this seems like a really good person I would want to, I mean, virtually like hang out with every day, like they become like your best friend. You know, you should really feel like they're good people that you would want yeah. to spend time on the phone with. So, um, yep. just trusting that gut and being like, "Hmm, if I don't even like being on these sales calls, like I really shouldn't sign up with these people, no matter how good they say the performance is." It's there's just something that will always be off in the relationship. So, that's yeah, another- I totally agree.
0: And and you know, as as an agency co-founder and and CEO, I, I, we kind of feel the same way on this end, right? There are, there are these times where we talk to a client and we think. Man, I love that brand that I love the growth potential, but something about them, something about the person we're gonna be working with just doesn't fit yeah. right. And that usually then then ends up being a not great relationship, right? And then the same can be said on the client side, right? You you think, okay, the track record performance is good. I want to grow my business, so I want to do the logical thing. But yeah, if, if your gut is telling you no, then you gotta you gotta look yeah. at something else. Cause so there's somebody else that's got the stretch. track record and the personality too, you know.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. Hard advice awesome. to follow in the moment. It's like when you're in a pinch, you make bad decisions. So
0: yeah, yeah. When
1: needed to hire an agency or a person or whatever. We've always, you know, not made as good of a decision. So trying to give yourself the lead time to say, yeah. it's okay if this one doesn't work out. I'll find it. Let's keep interviewing. Yep. Let's keep searching. I've been interviewing for this director of marketing position for how long? <laughs> Two months. Yeah, like just yeah. over two months, I think,
0: good. so. I mean, good that you're, yeah, good that you're being paid. Yeah. We're actually looking to hire a marketing coordinator right now. If anybody's listening, uh, hit me up. Uh, nice. But yeah, it, 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 or, or hit up Dope as a marketing director. uh, Hit up Kelsey and is there. Uh, but you're you, that's totally accurate. What we look for, for hiring an account manager, or Google specialist or Amazon specialist or whatever, we will try to make that listing earlier than we need to mm-hmm. because, I mean, you can't have discipline and when you're under the gun, still really wait, you know, to, to say yes to someone, but -hmm. it's a lot easier if you, if you just don't have that pressure, right. When you, when you, when you have the time. And and one of the things I heard this quote, it was on, I think it was on the Tim Ferriss podcast. I can't remember who said it, but they, uh, they said, if if it's, if it's not a a hell yes, it's a no. And so we, then they were just talking about like anything in your life. Right. And so we started, we started implementing that though on the hiring side, right. If it's not a super enthusiastic, yes, then it kind of needs to be a no. You
1: know? Yeah, it's so. awesome. It applies to the fundraising world as well. Like I think mm-hmm. about it with uh, trying to find the right partner. If you're waiting to raise until you, oh my gosh, need the capital, like, and you're freaking out if you don't get this, you're going to seem desperate. You probably won't even be able to get an offer or you might close with a partner that wouldn't be the best, um, wouldn't be the best partner for you on, you know, the fundraise side, whether it's an angel or a VC or, or who is it, you know, they're going to be a partner in your business. It's more than an agency, you know, they're going to have like a piece of your, Dude, like like getting
0: married right there. I mean, it's like the business equivalent of of getting married for sure, yeah.
1: Totally is. So when you're in a pinch, you make bad decisions and that's across the board.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. Really good advice. Well, let, let's get into a couple of tactical things just just for fun, and I, and I do want to underscore how much I love your website. I know I said that already, but the, the branding is on point. It's easy to shop. It's easy to to browse. Uh, just, just really, really like it. Um, let's talk. I'd like to dig into maybe some some traffic things that are working right now for you, and and then you know some some conversion tips potentially. And let, let's start with the website. Um, what what are some of the things you guys have done you know, over the last year or so? I know you've been growing hair on fire type speeds, but Mm -hmm. what have you done to increase conversions, to improve checkout and anything along those lines?
1: Yeah. I mean, overall experience stuff on the site. So I would say like maybe six months ago, we started to think of a couple other areas to really bring in the mission into it. So like when you click add to cart on the bestseller pack, it literally shoots confetti out from add to cart button and says like your purchase supports addiction recovery. So these little reminders that like, you know, and that's a we're all in e-commerce trying to make sure they get to checkout and that they complete the checkout. So that add to cart moment, adding a little bit of excitement and like a little reminder of what this purchase will help do. Um, we have that at the bottom of the mini cart as well. Some support that they'll have, and and having a mini cart was a decision too to try and reduce friction from like being on the site shopping to getting to checkout. Um, in the mini cart, we've got some upsells. So we've got this was like a custom built solution by our dev, um, not an app or anything that I can recommend there, but. Um, just uh, different products get served a different upsell opportunity. And right now we are with a shipping threshold like to get free shipping on orders over 65. So we tried to line up all of the upsells to get them there. Like the hope is that for most of the scenarios, like adding that next upsell there will get them to free shipping. So they're more incentivized to add, you know, a two pack upgrade and like get an extra two cups with your order or um, double up and save and, you know, that sort of thing. So getting a discount on something if you get two of them. Little things like that in uh,
0: in the cart. Yeah, I really like that, and in the and it looks really cool. I'm looking at it right now. I added the bestseller four pack to my cart, and just below it it says double up and save, and you get the nice we'll save five percent. The price, the original price marked out, the new price there. It's handy. So so when you when you added that, what kind of lift did you see for? Your AOVs, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So if it's a rough. No, it's
1: totally fine. I, I mean, I definitely, from when we first launched this new site with this mini cart in general, and we had a two pack upgrade with like two pints that were being offered on any order, anything that had been put in the cart that was already cookie dough, so that we weren't adding the complication of insulation and ice packs for someone who bought like a sticker or like yeah, a spoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would like some merch. So for that, and that was 25% of orders were um, doing that two-pack upgrade. So that was pretty significant. Nice,
0: that is uh, really significant. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a $12, I believe at the time, yeah. right? Yeah, so I think right. it was like 12 or 15 um, to get the two-pack. And that was great extra bump. You know, we had been like really around like a forty three dollar AOV pre new website, and then once the new site launched with that, we were up at fifty nine sixty. So, um, really good movement there. Uh, we've you know juggled back and forth with the shipping, like having you know there's this option to kind of bake some of it into the price and have free shipping, or um, you know what we need to do on the entry skew to make that more affordable for an entry um, purchase. So. Uh, there's a, an app. This is a fun, like app tip that we're going to start using called ship scout. So way to AB ship test. Scout. Nice. Yeah. AB test shipping prices. So
0: Ooh, I like that some, a lot.
1: Yeah. right. It's like these little incremental things. Cause if 7.95 versus nine 95 has a, you know, 20% higher conversion rate, like great. It's totally worth it. So, um, we just have to figure out kind of what that trade off is and, and how significant it would be, but that's a great app. Um, some complications you'll need a dev's help for if you have other areas around your site that are mentioning, you know, free shipping over X amount or what the shipping price is, but, um, all, all doable with the, with some help of the amazing wizard developer.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and it sounds like you guys have been playing with, uh, not just the number of, of, um, cups in a, in a shipment, but also the size of the cups. I see five ounce cups, 16 ounce pints. Um, any any learnings there? Did you launch with just one size originally, um, or, or any any learnings that you've gained from that?
2: We've always had two sizes, yeah. Okay. So when we first started this, um, like I said in November of 2019, we still used plastic jars, and she had already started to do these plastic jars at the store. So what I did was, okay, we already have these, or Steph is already trained to do this size. So let's try and do the, these two sizes. She already had the 16 ounce and was a it four It was
1: four and 12. Yeah. Oh, the little 12. square glass Talenti looking jars. Okay,
2: well, yeah, yeah. There you go. Four More and plastic, 12. Plastic, but yeah. Um, and it worked quite well. Everybody kind of already knew. Everybody that knew the brand knew the sizes that we used to um, serve in. So it kind of worked. Um, we just moved to a five and 16 ounce because it is more widespread used off the 16 ounce cup and a five ounce cup versus the four and 12. Uh, so it's easier to get the packaging and easier to source. And also in the minds of the consumer, it is yeah. easier to assimilate the 16 ounce pint versus like a 12 ounce. What is yeah. this? Is it, is it big? Is it small? How many servings? Yep. Yeah, 16
1: yep. people are like, oh, like an ice cream pint. You know, they
2: kind of get it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the that
0: pint really clears it up. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, curious. So I noticed you've got, you got shop pay on the site and and I, I you know, buy from a number of Shopify mm-hmm. stores, of course. So I, I enjoy using shop pay as a consumer. When you guys added that, when that came out, did you guys see a, a bump at all? And, and And do very many people utilize that?
1: Um, yes. A lot of people utilize it. I think we're like, um, 70% shop pay checkouts nice. Nice. and then like the probably 20% is PayPal, okay. um, maybe 25. So maybe a little bit more That's on crazy. PayPal, but right, yeah. yeah, we have a uh, PayPal does this store cash campaign. I don't know if you've ever heard of any vendors with yep. this, but like mm. they have a, um, some code on our site, like a snippet on there that identifies if someone visiting the site is a PayPal customer or not. And they'll get an email saying like, here's $5 to use, $5 store cash to use it Dope Cookie Dough if you want to go back and make your purchase. Nice. So
0: that's
1: been pretty amazing. And, and
0: what, what is that called again?
1: Store cash campaign. Yeah. So PayPal's um, store cash. I remember just by chance, like seeing it as an option, like, oh, do you want to turn this on? And I'm like, sure. Like whatever, five uh, bucks. Go for it. Seems cool. And then, you know, when I log in, it's like 1,128% ROAS. Like what? (laughs) It's pretty cool. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And when you had 20% of your shoppers are using PayPal anyway. Uh, So that only works. So if someone visits the site, um, it's detected that they use PayPal. They leave without buying. It's almost like a remarketing campaign. Then they're getting the $5 or it's regardless of what they do on the site.
1: Uh, it also does it if they have um, purchased, and it's incentivizing them to come back. So it's like, here's beautiful. five dollars to come yeah. back yeah. to Dope. Yeah,
0: beautiful. Which is great for you guys because it's a consumable, and so uh, you know, sending some yeah. coupon after the fact is is great too. So
1: yeah, we have to think about all the different ways to incentivize that repurchase. You know, like different yep. ways to use the product. We're working yep. on a digital cookbook to send out. So like being able to offer this uh, probably is like a post purchase upsell, but a digital yeah. cookbook. Like here's all these recipes to go Increased through. all. consumption.
0: Faster. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. yeah like get, get you eating more. So you start ordering more. Yeah, yeah. So I want to get into some, some traffic tune where we just have a few minutes left. Uh, but um, what, what about other loyalty things you're doing? Are, are you looking at subscriptions? Are you doing uh, anything else special to get that repeat purchase? What, what are you doing there?
1: Yeah, we have a rewards program. So our Spoon Lickers Club. Uh, Spoon Lickers
0: Club. Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, in February. So, you know, it's only as good as it's marketed though. So it is kind of like hidden on our site right now. Uh, somewhat of a soft launch, if you will, while we got all the rest of the email flows and everything in place for that. So, you know, like a birthday bonus point email and things that will come out um in that regard. So there's a little bit more like tight knit integration that we need to do to really make it come to life on the site. So at every point you're like excited about coming back and knowing how many points you're going to get for a purchase. Um, Subscriptions are interesting. You know, it's been like this debate of how much cookie dough is feasible to get delivered to your house every month. So what we did release, um, it's literally down in the footer. It says curious with a question mark and it's a secret cookie dough club. So we've been doing this to our own audience to share out that they can join. This cookie dough club. Um, it's going to be a post-purchase email as well for those after their first purchase to know they can get this. It's 29 instead of 39 for two pints and it's free shipping. Um, and it's every month getting two mystery pints. So it's like a surprise box. And so far, really great um, reviews. We have like only one person gave a four star, the rest have been five stars, which is super awesome. And they're like, I love the mystery of it. Someone literally said, I've been wanting to order dope for six months, but just could never decide which flavors to get. So this mystery box was perfect for me. I'm like, yes. For
0: those that are Yeah. And, yes. and then that leads to consumption and maybe you find, hey, it's the, you know, it's the s'mores that I love the best. And so I'll just keep, yeah. I'll order more of that or a four pack of that. So yeah, it's great. So boy. yeah. So you'll start promoting that then in your post-purchase email series. Are you you, Mm -hmm. uh, considering the idea of putting that in the, in the card as an upsell or mentioning it else elsewhere? Are you just, are you still kind of working through that?
1: I think it'll be after your first purchase. So we like this idea of, okay, they've gotten to try it. And now like, here it is a little bit broader. And then it's also, we're open about it on our social media. So if you're starting to follow us on social, you'll see it. Um, And then if you're in our email list at all, you know, you'll get uh, occasional updates with that. That's still available. So Awesome. Yeah, we did a fun, like very mysterious email blast for that. It was like, like 20% of people who opened the email clicked through to the link. <laughs> we yeah, put, cool. um, just full on like curious and like all this mystery and stuff, like take a look, you know, so you had to like click in to even understand what it was. So it was what pretty fun. We doubled our
0: people up to, I got to find out. And yeah, we yeah. really doubled the our subscriber
1: base like that single day. So it was pretty cool.
0: Wow. So let, let's transition to talk traffic just really quickly. What are some of the traffic wins you've had over the last year or so? What What's working and and what are you kind of excited about uh, for the, the future?
1: Physical traffic. We're stoked to be in Vegas because it's much lighter than traffic in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: you know, we have leaned on ads to really drive traffic to our site historically since we started, you know, if late 2019 is historic now, but um the real game changers have been organic stuff that's happened. So like Jason Derulo posted a TikTok with us and like for seven days in a row, we had like 25,000 in in sales, you know, it was just like really got this crazy push. So, and we were seeing, you know, it was all from like search people leaving TikTok, Googling dope, finding us. So it's really neat to see kind of like when you're feeding this funnel, how effective everything else works. And it does take that push on, you know, organic stuff that takes place like that, which is awesome. Like, I don't know how he found dope, but that's super cool. Uh, Chrissy Teigen just posted with dope uh, wow. yesterday, two days ago. Yeah. Two. I think it was two. This okay. week's been oh, a blur oh, 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 <laughs> on <yesterday>. Tuesday. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like super cool to see what people are willing to do when they just see someone they love with it. They go out and search for it and do it. I mean, we've had way better success with any of the organic stuff that's happened than honestly most of the paid influencer work sure. we've done. Um, and we're pushing into a bit more with press this year. So we just hired a PR agency, and I think that's the best thing for us with driving traffic to the site is like, getting really interesting things for people to talk about where it's you know exciting and unique and gets more eyeballs on our site because then Google and Facebook they can all work their magic granted iOS 14 is trying to ruin our lives but like it, you know it
0: is it
1: is <laughs> i said on yeah. linkedin the other day i'm like does anyone else feel like iOS 14 is like our y2k for e-commerce managers like it, <laughs>
0: we'll it, it, it's turn kind of tomorrow. feeling like that i mean things are still going well here and obviously we're just a few at the time of recording yeah. a few days into the iOS 14.5 release. But things are gonna probably get weird for a little while. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh yeah, a couple things there. I think your brand is is perfect for influencer marketing. We don't do influencer marketing, so it's not my area of expertise, but I've interviewed a few people on the podcast that that are, are great at it. Uh one is Sean Frank from Ridge Wallets, he's got an amazing influencer approach that that he uh, teaches. but yeah who who doesn't love cookie dough and also it's so fun to talk about cookie dough, so I think influencers could be lining up. Is, is that something you're kind of planning on is is, is pursuing some influencers potentially?
1: Yeah, we are working in that realm. And I think, you know, one tip I have for anybody trying to do this, um, find people that are really excited about your brand. I was just talking to another e-commerce founder who literally just goes through the Explorer on Instagram, you know? So if someone's showing up in like reels and stuff, they always have pretty good engagement, like search for your topic related to your store, see some of them. He just DMs each of them, paid promo, paid promo, paid promo. And so some of them, though it's kind of a heavy lift to do this, um, many of them with like pretty good engagement are like, oh, how's ten bucks? He literally is like, I can't <laughs> tell you how many I closed for ten dollars or yeah. like free product alone, and like they're just willing to talk about it. And then just you send get a me week some
0: week, cookie dough and ten bucks, and you yeah, get a like, way right. higher
1: ROI than like Man. oh fifteen thousand dollars for this feed post, and like we just sit there like praying that enough people yeah. go and click the link in their bio. It's like you know, there's there's just a I think there's a scrappier way to do this. I'm also not convinced that like landing pages are the end all be all for influencer in particular. Like I think consumers are getting pretty savvy that like you've been sent to this like trickery page that you can't yeah. click out of. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's kind of like, here's a code for 50% off, go to dope.com. So this next yep. round of influencers we're going to do, we're going to try um, a little bit looser like that instead of everybody going to a landing page. Cause we're just not seeing the results we want. But if you've got the time or, or a marketing person on your team that could do the paid yeah. promo, you know, quick DMS and see who's down to talk about your brand. That's awesome because the people that I've sent free product to and and they're willing to post. About, I mean, Addison Ray, we got her address to send her some free product by chance, and like she posts, we got four thousand followers in a day. Amazing, on it's amazing, uh, and that was great. So it's like yep. you know, there is just some you gotta stay scrappy even as you get big. Stay scrappy.
0: I love that even yeah even when you're generating some nice profits and growth is there and you got paid channels that are working that. You can never put anything on autopilot, right? But if you got your agency running, it you don't have to think about it as much. But you should never stop with the the scrappy, creative, hustle type stuff because it just it adds a nice extra percentage to the business that that compounds over time. That really can be a massive difference maker, um, yeah. you know, immediately, but also uh, in years to come. So, uh, curious yeah. is on the on the operation side. Like, what what's what's ahead for you guys? Any any tips or suggestions or ideas
2: there? <laughs> well, great question. Now is actually the time for us to go into a bi coastal distribution model. We got the volume and we got nice. the, you know, the demand is there. Um, so it now makes sense. We're also in a better cash position to tie up more inventory, uh, tie up more cash on inventory. So this is what's ahead now. We are actually on the hunt for a co manufacturing facility on the East Coast now. Nice anyone's listening and interested in <laughs> manufacturing, yeah. yeah, if
0: you're listening, if you know people, hit yeah. up is, and Kelsey or hit me up, I'll connect to you. And so it's really good stuff. Well, uh, guys, this has been a ton of fun. I love hearing the story. I could keep talking to you guys like all afternoon. This was this was a <laughs> lot of fun, but I'm sure that we've made people's mouth water a little bit, not just for good you know, e-commerce growth, but for some cookie dough, for some dope. So if, if people are, are listening or watching, they say, okay, I got to give this a shot. Where can they go to to get themselves some dope?
1: Yeah, dope.com. So thank you for spelling it out in the beginning, because people do get confused listening to this. If it's <laughs> c o u g h p. It's like dope with a p on the end. com, and we're at dope on Instagram and Facebook, and we're on Eat Dope on TikTok, which has been super fun. So
0: oh uh, man, I, I uh, yeah, I would love to hear at some other point how huh? TikTok. Just really quick for thirty seconds, how is how is TikTok going for you?
1: TikTok is incredible if you have something other than just pushing your product to talk about. So for us, like tons of the mental health stuff, there's sober talk, like there's a whole sober community on TikTok, really leaning into that. I mean, the comical, funny stuff has done great. Behind the scenes has done incredible. So in our fulfillment Uh, center, you guys,
0: so you got to do like, there there has to be a TikTok. And I'm not a a huge TikToker, but my my, uh, oldest son is for sure. There (laughs) has to be, you guys have to do a TikTok is with you playing the guitar. Kelsey, you baking in the kitchen. There's, <laughs> well, right. there, There's gotta be some uh, some concept there that would really work. Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, right. it's, it's really a storytelling place. You know, the algorithm awards you for, rewards you for like telling a story and having yep. something interesting that people wanna see. So yeah, the ones of like my story, I've done some like green screen in front of the Shark Tank clip and stuff. So nice. it's just yeah. people like to know there's someone behind the business. So put your face out there, get funny, do weird shit, <laughs> see how it goes. Exactly.
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, Guys, this has been an absolute pleasure and a blast. Thanks for taking the time. And then thanks for being so uh, open about about Dope.
1: Yeah, great to meet you. Thank you.
0: Thanks Thanks, for having us. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear from you. What would you like to hear more of on the show? And if you haven't already, we would love that review on iTunes. That helps other people discover the show. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening.